Frank, yeah. Frank Schwab covers the NFL and sports betting for Yahoo Sports. And it's kind of been a busy 24 hours or so in the NFL, Frank, which is nice because otherwise we'd be talking about the Super Bowl, which we got plenty of time for. I know you're in Denver, so we can get to you know the Sean Payton news, obviously, out there as well. But let's let's start with Tom Brady. Your reaction, the timing, the retirement, and you know what this means for not only Tampa, but really the quarterback market in the NFL moving forward. Yeah, I mean, a lot of dominoes to fall after this, right? Yeah. And I, the one thing that struck me is that Tom seemed to really want to do this his way. Last last year, it got leaked out early. He wasn't, uh, you know, happy about that. I even went so. I mean, me and Charles Robinson, uh, my coworker, yeah, who just taped our podcast, I went as far as to say, maybe that was the reason he came back. Like, I, I don't know, not a hundred percent, but maybe five percent that he didn't seem to go out on his terms, and he also. If he would have retired last year, I think he would have felt some regret that he had a lot left. I mean, he just had led the NFL in passing yards, right? This season we saw a diminished version of Brady. Not a bad version, but I mean, we could tell. His play was slipping at age 45. He's still the greatest 45-year-old athlete of all time. But I think that right now it just seemed like, I, you know, playing amateur psychologist, obviously, but he, he just seemed to peace with how he controlled the message that he's going out at the right time. Everything seemed to happen on his terms. I don't think he comes back. I mean, you know, again, me and Charles just talked about maybe if the 49ers call in the middle of summer because Brock Purdy's elbow isn't responding, maybe he would think about it. But, uh, yeah, I think he's really in a better spot than he was probably a year ago. I hope so, anyway. Uh, great career, obviously. Greatest NFL resume that's ever been written. And as far as, you know, what happens next, Buccaneers are in a really bad spot. I mean, Look, no regrets. You, you go, you know, you, you get a Tom Brady. You build for championships. You win a Super Bowl, two more division titles. Uh, you, that's what they wanted. But they were building in a way of we're just going to, you know, go all in during the Tom Brady era, and whatever happens after happens. Well, now it's after. What do you do? I mean, you got no quarterback. Got a lot of guys, you know, on the, on the last half of their careers, nearing the end of their careers. You're not great in cap space or draft pick. You're, I think they're picking 19th overall. So. It might be a couple of years for the Buccaneers to rebuild. We'll see what they do, quarterback-wise especially. And like you said, I, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, everybody was kind of linking the Raiders to Tom Brady. And, you know, San Francisco might might have inquired at some point, especially a Purdy dealing with his elbow injury. And it just it takes one more quarterback off of the, the radar for this game of uh, musical chairs. We're going to be playing a quarterback this offseason. And, it's going to be really fascinating to see what some teams like the Jets, the Raiders, the Panthers, the Saints, the Buccaneers, what all these teams are doing to quarterback because, I mean, simple supply and demand tells me there's not enough quarterbacks to go around. And, Frank, the other veteran quarterback that's pushing 40 years old is obviously Aaron Rodgers. And we've seen the reports that Green Bay has no interest in keeping him in the NFC. So, you know, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, though, I don't want to go to the AFC and compete against Mahomes and Burrow and all those guys. But... If you were a betting man, where would you place a wager that Aaron Rodgers is week one uh, taking snaps next season? You know, I'm just going to – this is probably a sarcastic and bitter uh, answer, <laughs> but uh, until I see him leave the Packers, then this is all just a show for drama. Like, I mean, I've been through this, right? We all have. We've we've been through this whole, hey, let's give Aaron Rodgers all the attention he wants for a couple months, and then on March 10th he's going to be like, actually, I'm going to come back to Green Bay. And, I mean, so I'm just sick of it. I'm just tired. I just – I don't care, Aaron. Play where you want to play. It doesn't matter to me anymore. I assume he's going to be back in Green Bay because we've been through this dance before. I mean, the Jets make total sense, obviously. The Raiders make some sense, too. I mean, they, they need somebody. But until I see Aaron Rodgers actually move, or the Packers move on from Aaron Rodgers, for that matter, 
I'm just going to assume it's going to be status quo, and this whole thing is just kind of a kind of a, another act in this play we've been watching. Frank, we had a Jason Lock and Fora on last night, and he was pretty firm in his belief that Lamar would not be back to Baltimore, and that either Carolina or Atlanta would be the top destinations for him, and probably the ones that make the most sense. Uh, what is your take on that? Like, what what do you think happens in the Lamar saga? You know, what best fit do you think between those two would work? And just kind of like, what are your predictions? Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I think for the first time, the Ravens would pick up the phone with somebody called, and we'll see what, like like you said, Atlanta, Carolina, any of these other teams I've mentioned before, you need a quarterback, what they're willing to offer. But at the end of the day, what is, what's Baltimore going to do? Like, I mean, you're really going to move on from Lamar Jackson, who – when healthy, he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, okay, the health thing is an issue, as has been the past couple of years. Former MVP, all that. One of the really transcendent players in the NFL. Really going to move on for that? from that? For what? Tyler Hulley? That's your option? I guess he's a pro bowler, right? Yeah. So like, I just, you know, it's so easy to say, oh, yeah, the, the Ravens are going to move on from Lamar Jackson. And I get that the relationship has been strained, but at the end of the day, the Ravens have to make a business decision. They have the franchise tag in their pocket, and I just can't imagine them moving on from a. I think he's 26, a 26 year old Lamar Jackson. What are you going to do? What are you going to do a quarterback? That's always my answer for any any of these scenarios. Teams always want to move on from the quarterback. You see a lot of like, oh, the Cowboys need to find somebody better than Dak. Oh, okay, cool. Let's cut your quarterback. All right, let's get rid of him, trade him, whatever we're going to do. You tell me who's your week one starter. The Ravens. You want to get rid of Lamar Jackson? Cool. That's great. Sounds awesome. Who's your week one starter? You gonna trade for Desmond Ritter? Like, is that gonna be your answer? You gonna draft somebody at the end of the first round? It's it's so much easier to talk about moving on from a quarterback than actually fixing the problem a quarterback that you would open up if you got rid of the guy. So I, I think at the end of the day, cooler heads prevail. Lamar probably ends up with the Ravens, but look, somebody like a Carolina with David Tepper is so aggressive as their owner. He might just be like, whatever the price is, we're going to pay for it because we got to get this quarterback situation fixed. I can't deal with this anymore. And you might get the godfather offer from some team, and the Ravens, for the first time, probably pick up the phone and, and talk about it. But, man, I, I just don't know who the week one starting quarterback would be for the Baltimore Ravens if they decided to trade Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's, it has been a wild story that just keeps dragging on. And with the fact that he doesn't have an agent, it makes it even more complicated. We're talking to Frank right. Schwab on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit BuyThePhoenix.com to learn more. So Sean Payton is now the Denver Broncos head coach. When for a while it felt like he was going to go back to TV and then all of a sudden, boom, here he is. I can assume, Frank, that he looks at Russell Wilson and says, that's not the Russell Wilson I'll be getting the rest of the way. I can fix that. Your thoughts on the Sean Payton hire? Yeah, I mean, they kind of, the, the, the Broncos were drowning a little bit in this coaching search. I mean, it just looked like a fiasco, and they needed to do something. And I think that, that at some point, uh, you know, Greg Penner just said, we just got to get this done with Sean Payton. He's our last option or else we're really going to look bad here. And nobody's going to remember the process in, in six months, seven months, whenever training camp starts. They're just going to know that they have a Super Bowl winning head coach who's 63 games over 500 in his career. A great hire for the Broncos. I, I, I really like that hire for them, regardless of how they got there. And yeah, part of the part of the package here, I think part of the reason that Dan Quinn went back to Dallas and D'Amico Ryan's picked Houston over Denver, or Jim Harbaugh stayed in Michigan. Is Russell Wilson in that contract? And Trump must see something of 
hey, I, I can do what for Russell Wilson in the back half of his career what I did for Drew Brees the last few years I was in New Orleans because the Drew Brees we saw the last three, four years in New Orleans wasn't the 5,000-yard Drew Brees we were used to, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. It was a diminished version of him. And Sean Payton kind of changed his offense on the fly, a little more ground and pound. They had great success. I mean, this is not going to be the – we're going to let Russ Cook offense that the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett were promising a year ago. This is going to be different, but I think it could be fine for for Russ, and I think he can have some success. He might never live up to what they gave away in a trade, but they can have a successful offense with Sean Payton because he's a problem solver, and he's a really, really good offensive coach. I thought this was a, a kind of a perfect hire for, for the Broncos. I didn't really like Harbaugh. He's been out of the league a long time and has yeah. had some Gruden 2.0 vibes to me. Mm. Uh, you know, the other good, D'Amico Ryan's, I love D'Amico Ryan's. I think he's going to be a great coach, but he's unproven. The Broncos got a proven head coach, Super Bowl winner in there, and I think he's going to do the best he can with Russell Wilson. At this yeah, point. yeah. Frank is a uh, Justin Herbert fan. Selfishly, I kind of wanted to see him with Sean Payton, but they keep Brandon Staley. Yeah. They fire Joe Lombardi, which like is fine with me because he was calling plays for Drew Brees, not Justin Herbert. So now Kellen Moore takes over as a play caller. Who do you like, if you had to place a bet today, and we're taking Kansas City out of the equation, because most likely they're going to keep going back to the AFC Championship game, but who would you like more? Would you like the Broncos, or would you like the Chargers, like with the current makeup of their teams and coaching staffs? Yeah, without without really seeing what the offseason uh, has to offer, I'd probably pick the Chargers. I think they just have a, a higher-end higher end talent, really. Um I mean, the coaching does change things. Uh, you know, Sean Payton's going to make the Broncos better, no question, but they don't have a lot of flexibility. They don't have a lot of draft picks. I mean, they gave all those away. Yeah. So there's no instant impact from any rookie class coming in here in Denver where I'm based. But, I, I mean, you just have to like what the Chargers bring to the table. And I agree. With you. I, I think that Lombardi was just calling. I, I mean, and part of that's the Chargers didn't have a lot of speed or receiver, but still – he was playing a dink-and-dunk offense with a quarterback who has one of the strongest arms we've ever seen. It never made sense. I think Kellen Moore comes in and, and is an upgrade for them. I think he's a good play caller. I think that helps. As long as I, they got to keep these receivers healthy. You know, Keenan is, is – how many elite years does he have left? He's been declining a bit. Mike Williams has a tough time staying healthy. But I think as long as the Chargers have the flexibility to go get some speed at receiver, I think you're going to see this offense kind of take a huge step forward. And I think the Chargers are going to be pretty good next season. Frank, we we just heard from Kyle Shanahan that Jimmy G is not going to be back. They're not going to create a new deal for him. Obviously, you have Brock Purdy who's sitting on ice for the entire year, and Trey Lance coming off of an ankle injury. Like, where do you think Jimmy G ends up, and and who is the starting quarterback come training camp for the Niners? Yeah, I think with Jimmy G, that I think it's whoever kind of loses out on the sweepstakes for Derek Carr and or Aaron Rodgers. If you're the Jets. You're probably going to take that shot at Aaron Rodgers. That's the only reason I can think of why you hire Nathaniel Hackett as your offensive coordinator. Like, why? Why else <laughs> would you hire him unless it was a ploy to get Aaron Rodgers? If you swing and miss on Aaron Rodgers and you can't get Derek Carr because he goes to Tampa or Carolina or Atlanta or wherever he's going to go, then all of a sudden Jimmy G looks pretty attractive. You've got to get somebody in there if, if you're a team like the Jets. So I think, you know, I, I, I can't pinpoint a team. I just think it's going to be the team that's kind of – swings and misses on these other veteran options. It kind of has to go to their plan B or plan C. And I can see it being the Jets. I could see it being Carolina. Somebody like that. With San Francisco, they're in a really interesting and weird spot because, okay, the Brock Purdy timeline right now is six months, right? So they think he's going to be ready for training camp, and that's great. 
what if you get to July and he's not ready? There's nobody else out there. Uh, the musical chairs is going to happen in March. <laughs> some Derek Carr is not going to be out there available in July. You're not going to have a, a starting caliber quarterback who's waiting on a contract in July. And so what if Brock Purdy gets set back? I I do think it's going to be Purdy. I think he will be the starter. I, I know they're really, really soured on Trey Lance, but they might have to go back. To, what other really option would they have? They're don't think unless they trade Lance and then acquire a second quarterback, I don't think they're going to pay much money for a third quarterback just in case. I think it's it's a really tricky situation the 49ers are going to be in because we might get really deep in this offseason and realize Purdy's not coming around as they hope. What can they do at quarterback? And, and there's not going to be any good answers out there. I know. It's it's going to be another quarterback carousel. All right, I can only do this for like 10 seconds with you. i got to get your Super Bowl pick, though. Eagles, one-and-a-half-point favorites, totals 50-and-a-half. Where are you leaning? Uh, I guess I'm going Eagles in the under, although I got a lot of time to overthink and overanalyze this, and it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I know, it really is. And there's the two weeks makes it that much more for us to overthink. Really appreciate the time, Frank. Thanks for coming on with us.